This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we worked and the stigma of failure in an industry systemically designed for you to fail. Join us as we dive into the real life stories of survivors, experts, and advocates to debunk the common myths and fallacies of cults, scams, and multi-level marketing. Hey, Hunbots and Hun Bros, real quick housekeeping today. First, I want to let you know this episode comes with a content warning. There are mentions of SA and we do talk about narcissistic abuse. So I just wanted you guys to have a heads up if that is a triggering topic for you. Nothing too graphic, but we do talk about it. Secondly, this episode is about one of our favorite MLMs of all time, Amway, and sort of, you know, their obsession with people's relationships and all of this. It's it's wild. You just you guys are in for a treat. But the other thing is oftentimes when I'm editing these episodes, and it's just funny because I record so far in advance and do batch recording, that oftentimes when I'm editing, it sort of works with what's going on. And um in the middle of editing this episode about Amway, I not only got an email from Nina talking to me about some Amway stuff that she had just encountered, but um, another listener, Alex, also messaged me on Instagram to tell me an Amway story as well. And so again, it's like, this is the MLM that keeps on kicking. It's everywhere. It's just this seedy underbelly of MLM and it's just it's just everywhere. Amway is everywhere. And so I just thought it was really funny and I wanted to let you guys know that even I see those serendipitous little breadcrumbs when I'm doing this and it just reminds me that I'm still on the right track. And then two more things. One, I have a listener survey in the show notes if you guys want to help me out. I'm just gathering sort of analytical data that I don't necessarily get from my analytics. So I wanted to do a podcast listener survey to just sort of gather that information. It's completely anonymous. You can fill it out or not, but it would really, really help me out and I would appreciate it. It's one page. It should take you less than five minutes. And lastly, I want to say thank you to my Patreon members. I mentioned it last week in the show notes that I had started one and um, you guys showed up and I just wanted to say thank you so much to everybody who has become a member. I am making content as fast as I can. Summer is a horrible time <laughs> because of all of the things that we're doing. So I am working really, really hard to get as much content up as possible. Right now I am focusing on getting all of the previous content up ad-free for you guys. We have a $5 tier and a $10 tier. And so I just wanted to say thank you to my patrons so far and give you guys a little shout out for just being awesome. So thank you to Kelly Phillips, Shelly Nelson, Catherine Thomas, Melissa Krim, Molly, Christy Martin, Megan Williams, Robin Sarvis, and Susan Adams. You guys are so rad. Thank you so much. And check your inboxes for a little message from me. So um, enjoy this episode. Lots of dark comedy because you know, if we don't laugh, we cry. Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. Today, we're going to be talking about narcissistic relationships and MLMs 
and all of that nasty stuff. So it's going to be a good one, but a little bit of a content warning as well. As we head into this, we're going to be talking about some deep stuff. So I would like to introduce to the show, my guest, Tina. Tina, how are you? I am so great, Roberta. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I got my coffee. I'm excited to hear this story. I think everybody listening is going to be really excited to hear the story too. So we're dealing with one of the big baddies, one of the OGs. Tell us how you were introduced into this. Yeah, so I I got introduced to Amway in 2012. I was brought to a meet. This is terrible. I was brought to a meeting that I did not know that I was going to by a person who I had dated previously. We were currently not dating, but talking. And he had said, oh, I'd like to hang out with you. But if you're going to hang out with me, you should come to this meeting because that's where I'm going to be. I know. I know. So I show up um, to this meeting and um, I am not dressed for this meeting. I'm dressed to hang out. So that's, I would say red flag number one. Um, Okay. So really quick for people that are listening, like what do people wear to Amway meetings? Cause I've heard other people be like, I was very underdressed. So like, what's a typical, and like, these are just regular meetings that happen. I remember LuLaRoe, we just, you know, head to toe, but like, what do you wear to an Amway meeting? Yeah. So they keep everything pretty corporate. Um, so guys will wear full suits. Ladies are expected to wear slacks or dresses, heels, makeup done, hair done. And I'm in a sundress and flip-flops. <laughs> oh, wow. So feeling incredibly out of place. And I am the type of person that likes to know what to expect. So the level of anxiety was just like rising. I go into the meeting and it turns out that <laughs> his current girlfriend was there, as well as his best friend, who was also a girl who did not like me. And he said, oh, we'll just sit by them. And I I know this is, yeah, it's it's wild. So that's how I was first introduced to Amway. I got through about the first 10 minutes of the meeting until I had a panic attack and I had to leave. And I just went and sat in the lobby. Um, It was just a little too much for me. Yeah, they they were persistent with me. So I sat through that meeting the boyfriend we'll call him boyfriend at the time um his upline re- like waited for me after the meeting to chat with me and say oh so what did you think and I'm thinking you don't want to know what I think <laughs> at this point it was just so very weird wow. um yeah super weird he he had texted me a couple days later to make sure like he followed up and to see if I was interested. So like, what an odd thing. It feels <laughs> like they were just like, here's a piece of paper, write down as many people as you know. And he's like, who are the last couple people I dated? And like, just started writing down ex-girlfriends names and invited all these people. It's like, yep. read the room, buddy. Who does that? Who, who like <laughs> extends an invitation? And like yeah. the guest list is all of your exes. Like what a weird mm-hmm. concept. Well, and, and it's a business meeting. And it's a business meeting. 
Um, that's the thing with, with Amway, they really do encourage you to just sit down with your phone contact list and write down every single name and number and go through your Facebook and do the same thing. I mean, I get it because it's like an MLM, but it's like, you would think that somebody, if they were trying to do this would like not invite a bunch of people that don't like each other or potentially wouldn't like each other into the same place to sit right next to each other. It's just... It, it just goes to show you like the mindset of this person and like how out of touch with reality he is already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. So flash forward to 2015, I had since, so I live in Michigan, I had since moved away from my hometown um, to go to culinary school. And while I was living in that different city, Um, boyfriend had kept contact with me. I had noticed some, I'll call them positive changes in his personality and demeanor. And so we had been chatting and it seemed like every conversation we would have about getting back together, he would end it with, well, if you want to be with me, you have to do this business with me. The first time I heard him say that, I was like, excuse you. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) that's just very, a very weird thing to say, but. Well, here's, here's a question I have for you. It's been three years since that awkward meeting. Like how much wealth has he accumulated that he's still so gung ho for this business that if you want to be with me, you're going to have to do this business too. Right. Well, and I had no idea because the way that they. Um, have people present themselves they they present this facade which of course you know it's it's in every MLM the way that they dress the way that they speak the way that they interact with other people you're just encouraged to keep people guessing about how your business is actually doing which is just the worst but and I did it too you know what I I did the exact same thing I'm a perpetrator and I'm a victim I know you say that all the time, but it's, it is absolutely true. I have so, another question. Yeah. So you were living in Michigan, which is like Amway headquarters. Yeah. So here in San Diego, I just recently got an email where somebody was like, I was recruited into Amway and it's like 20 minutes from here. And I'm like, what? Like Amway is definitely not, I mean, I know it's there, but it's definitely not on like the radar map of my region, but mm-hmm. what is it like in Michigan? It's very weird. I mean, clearly the market is saturated. I was, when I was working my business very, very hard, I was out every day trying to meet people and they just kind of have a sixth sense for Amway. On the other hand, I will say that Amway, especially in the Grand Rapids area, Amway is so ingrained in that area that they are just another business to many people. They have a huge hotel downtown, the Amway Grand, that they host all of these different events at. I even, um, there was a summer that I was working as a wedding cake decorator, and we had several different events at that hotel where we would go drop off our stuff. It's, they're just very ingrained in the community. Everyone knows who they are. Everyone has some idea or another of what they do and how they interact with the community. So it's, it's a, it's very weird. You'll get people that know exactly what it is and they won't even speak to you or look at you. 
And then you'll get other people that are like, oh yeah, they own that hotel. They do all these great things that, you know, this and that. It's a really huh. difficult market. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Amway is to Grand Rapids as Scientology is to Clearwater. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Okay. It's yes. just like the cult town. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so let's go back to the story. Sorry for the interruptions. I just, I have these certain <laughs> questions and I was okay. like, I bet someone else is wondering too. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I was reconnecting with boyfriend where I was living at the time was an hour and 40 minutes north of his local team. So when I was first toying with the idea of starting an Amway business, I would drive from where I was living an hour and 40 minutes to his local team meeting on Thursday night and stay for the meeting, which ended at 10 o'clock and drive back. During that period of time, I was working as a sous chef at a restaurant close to me and um, I had to be at work at 8 a.m. and to make pizza dough and this and that and once I started attending more Thursday meetings, they invited me to the Sunday night meetings. So now I was driving back and forth, oh, three hours back and forth, twice a week to go to these meetings. And I will say, these are not required meetings by Amway. So these are required meetings by LTD, which I know you had another episode um, where someone talked about. LTD. And, and that was really, for me, an impactful episode because I didn't, it just kind of opened my eyes to someone else experiencing everything that I experienced. And so for those listening, LTD is a line of affiliation in Amway and it stands for what? Leadership team development. And it took me a really long time to realize that it is just someone's team. Essentially, was, it's just like a mega team. People yeah, are like, basically. it's a line of affiliation. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. And it's like just Amway's fancy way of saying team. It's yeah. just a mega pyramid inside the other pyramid. It seriously is. And it's just a way for them to make more money. So the person that um, is the leader of leadership team development created this organization that offers coaching and services to Amway independent business owners. They call them IBOs. The people who are top earners like are part of the board for leadership team development. And they produce all of the conferences, all of the meetings, all of that. So they're all getting kickbacks for all of this, which it took me forever <laughs> to realize <laughs> But, it's like a BlackRock Vanguard thing going on, but like yeah. within Amway. Yeah, Jeez. basically. Basically, I was driving back and forth twice a week to attend these meetings. I He had given me some products to try. I got to know some people in the local meeting. I had actually known one of them previously um, from a different organization that I worked for. Every time I would show up, They would just love bomb me because they want, they were using me as an example to say, Hey, this person's committed. They are so into this. Of course, this is a great opportunity because, you know, she is an executive pastry chef and a sous chef, and she's driving three hours and spending her free time here. 
And at the time I was like, yeah, I am committed. I am doing this. I am giving myself away to these people. Um, but (laughs) But looking back now, I'm thinking, wow, that was really just their way of getting me more interested and, and building that faux relationship with me. Yeah. So how long would a typical meeting that you were going to twice a week be? Yeah. So the Thursday night meetings were, they, they started at eight, but you were encouraged to get there at seven, uh, so that you could quote unquote network. No, but <laughs> network with a bunch of people that sell the exact same thing with you on the exact same yeah. team that you're yeah. probably not even really allowed to talk to outside of any other thing than rather than this. Yes, exactly. And the conversations were just so meaningless because you have so much toxic positivity. <laughs> it's just like, what am I actually talking about? Nothing. <laughs> so you schmooze for an hour and then what for, happens? Yeah. And so then you have um, the meeting started at eight was usually about an hour long. They call it the plan. And so it's about 40 minutes of talking about lifestyle and talking about mentality, talking about reasons why and this and that. The last 10 minutes is actually showing the compensation plan that Amway lays out. And it's it's all the buildup. And then the last of it is, okay, this is the plan. Okay. So then you talk to your prospects afterwards. <laughs> this is very cringy, but the way that it's explained is you talk to your prospects afterwards. You have need to book a meeting with them the following day because if they're interested, you want to capitalize on that right away. And then they have an hour training after that. So it would most likely be from seven to about 10 on Thursdays. And then the Sunday afternoon meetings were what they call team call, where everyone would get together with their list of people and they would call and or text the pre-written, I don't even remember what it was called, but it's to say, hey, are you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was at the Uplines house. So if you had questions on how to talk to people, they were right there. So they could like give you tips on how to manipulate people. How nice. One-on-one time <laughs> with the top manipulators. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, exactly. So some days we would get there at six and then again, I wouldn't leave till 10 or 11 at night and have to drive an hour and 40 minutes back. So you've got like you know, at least eight hours of quote unquote required meeting time a week, plus an additional six plus hours of drive time that you're donating because you're not getting paid for it. You're just donating this amount of time Mm -hmm. right on in. Hey, here you go. That's like what? 14 hours. I don't know. My math might be off, but like, that's a good chunk of a week. Yeah. And and are you also listening to Amway tapes on the way there and back? Oh, you know it. Of course I was. Of course I was because it's like they say, you know, like right in the bike model, like time manipulation and sleep deprivation. Like that's what this is. Uh They got 15 hours a week minimum with you just plugged in. And that's, that's just two days. Mm -hmm. You're doing all kinds of other plugged in stuff every other day. Like hearing stories Mm -hmm. about people going like getting weird denominations. So can you break this change just so that you can open up the conversation to talk to them just so you can be like, Hey, 
it's insane. Some of the stories that I've been told that are for Amway. I, I remember one is like paying the guy at the gas pump. Can I buy your gas on my credit card and you pay me cash because they needed cash and they had no money in their bank account. So they could go to their Amway meeting and pay their like monthly dues or whatever to their team. Wow. So they're like putting someone else's gas on their credit card and taking the cash advance to give to Amway and not thinking in that moment, this is a red flag. Yeah, that one's pretty rough. I, um, unfortunately, um, I did quite a few things like that. So there was one instance where I really needed, needed to get to a meeting and I did not have the much, where should I start? Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something, something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot say enough good things about the Flow Knit High Rise Boyfriend Jogger from Quince. Seriously, running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Jaja for a stroll around the lake, these bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring. They're quick drying, moisture wicking, antimicrobial, and the four-way stretch makes them so comfortable. They're made with 88% recycled polyester and the Global Style Standard Certified Yarn dramatically lowers environmental impact by diverting landfill and ocean-bound plastic. Not to mention using recycled claim standard approved dyeing, washing, and manufacturing processes with low water and eco-friendly dyes. They have become an absolute favorite, and you can save up to 59% off the high-end counterpart by shopping with Quince. Throw on a cotton modal scoop neck tee and some sneakers, and you've got a perfect effortless outfit. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash MLM for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash MLM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash MLM. So at the, they have like monthly meetings as well for like the entire Michigan team. I was trying to get to that meeting and in order to be part of the after meeting, we had to have a pre-sold conference ticket. Now, again, none of this is required by Amway. (laughs) This is just something that my local team did. Um, So, and I didn't have the money for the conference ticket, but I really wanted to be in that after meeting. So I we had gotten this huge snowstorm and I went to a neighborhood nearby and shoveled people's driveways of snow for $10 a driveway to get to the $150 I needed for the conference ticket for the Saturday meeting, just so I could stay for the after meeting. Oh, wow. I know. (laughs) Yeah. It was deep. It was It was real deep, Roberta. Uh, yeah. It oh my me. gosh. <laughs> well, I mean, so obviously this pitch with the boyfriend worked because you were telling stories about how you were in and you joined. So what was that pitch that got you to sign on the dotted line? His, and again, I really should have seen this coming, but when it comes to manipulators, they just really know how to work you the right way. So this boyfriend, in total, I think we dated on and off for seven years. He had met me at a time in my life when my mom and I left my stepdad 
And my stepdad, my ex stepdad, um, was a very abusive person. He was physically, emotionally, sexually abusive to me and my mom. Um, he was a very classic narcissist. Leaving him happened probably three months before I met the boyfriend. I was already in a vulnerable state. My mom had been married to my stepdad for eight years. So I had just kind of grown up in that oh, relationship wow. and in that family. Yeah. And so boyfriend steps in and seems like the white knight guy. He was exactly the same. He was just better at covering up his narcissistic tendencies. And so when he did his pitch for me, for having me join the business, he had only two points. He said, don't you want a better life for your children than you had? And two, uh, yeah, I know. I'm looking at your face right now. <laughs> I'm like, oh yes. It just, it fires me up too. Don't you want a better life for your children? And two, if you ever want to be with me, you have to do this business because this is my life and I'm not giving it up for you. Wow. One, that's just wild that he is like Amway is my life and I won't give up anything or anyone or whatever for it. Like it is number one. That is wild. Like that is so unbelievably deep. Mm -hmm. Like I, I talk to people and they're like, I don't know how you, you know, how you don't see it or why people say it's so hard to leave. You just hit the cancel button. It's like, no, it's not. It's not, not everybody's experience is the same. That is really, really deep. That is wild to me. Yeah. Um, and then obviously just nasty to use your trauma that he knows of because he that was there for it to mm -hmm. use that against you later on, um, to manipulate you and to make you feel guilty knowing like, he's like, which frying pan do you want to get into? My frying pan is slightly less bad. And you're just like, I don't <laughs> want either of these things. It's odd that, you know, you basically were only faced with two choices in that moment. And when you love somebody, it's, you know, there's that whole other deep, that devotion, you know, people have devotion to the MLM or religion and things, but like with a one-on-one -on -one high demand group, like a narcissistic relationship, it's love. And it's, you do a lot of questionable things in, in the name of, of loving a narcissist. It's very, very interesting. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. So you, you're, you're faced with these things, like here you go. If you want to be with me, I'm amazing. And you should definitely want to be with me, but you got to do Amway. And Amway is the gateway to, to have the life you've always wanted. That's better than the life you had. So like, it really seems like a no brainer here. Yes, exactly. I was in that space of going back and forth from meetings and not being in Amway IBO for about six months. I know. Wow. I know. I know There's always yeah. a grooming period. And it's there funny. It's just funny to mm -hmm. hear it. Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. Six months I was doing that, getting to know the people, getting to know them on what I thought was a very personal level and, and being emotionally invested. And I will say this, I know you've had other episodes that talk about Amway, but I, I do want to say they focus so heavily on the relationship with other people that it's no longer about any of the business stuff. And I, I, I truly believe that's where people get tripped up and caught up 
because they feel so attached and so ingrained and so loyal to the people that they're working with or or working for truly working for because you're making nothing absolutely even in these groups you're like told like I remember in the very beginning of LuLaRoe one of the grooming games that we played at like introductory meetings was this huge game of rock paper scissors people would have to play rock paper scissors and if you lost you then joined that person that one's team and like your your like hype squad got bigger and bigger and bigger until it was literally one person against the other person's like one side of the room against the other and they were like look even if you don't win like you can champion your sister and you can you know win off of her wins because if she Mm -hmm. wins you win too and Mm -hmm. so like there you have it in Amway Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. It's the same it's, thing. It's wild. It's like, well, you're not winning, but we can help them win. And then if we help them win, isn't that kind of the same? Yes. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Yes, exactly. And so I did end up moving back to uh, my hometown, which is where, where boyfriend lived and the local team was. I quit my job. I left all of my life that I had built for myself. So you're moving an hour and a half south to be closer to your Amway team. Yes. And, and moving in with my mom, basically just saying, okay, I'm done with that part of my life. I'm going to start this new and different part of my life to be around these people and to be closer to these people um, because I was so invested in them. And it was so interesting being brought on like that. I was um, treated as if I was boyfriend's spouse. He had told the upline that we were very serious about our relationship. So they treated me as if I was going to be boyfriend's spouse. So I got kind of a behind the scenes view of how the team was being run because boyfriend had built himself a little bit of a team. And so he was, I mean, he really wasn't making much money, but he was one of the more top earners of this local team. And one thing that I found interesting is as I started going to conferences and meetings, more and more, I would hear speakers encourage people who had a spouse or a significant other that was not part of Amway to indoctrinate them so that they would be interested play audios of people speaking around them, invite them to meetings, do this, do that. If you're, I remember being at a ladies leadership one time and this lady on stage was saying, if your husband's at home on his couch, sitting in his underpants, like a lazy slab, then you just need to work harder and, and show him exactly what you can do in this business. And he'll be inspired. And I'm thinking, who cares what he does in his free time? <laughs> right? I feel like Amway's worldviews are like very Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like, is that what people think happen when you have nothing else to do that you're just going to sit around and scratch in your underwear and like, I mean, come on. It's so ridiculous. Well, and have a better, have a better view of, of the person that you're married to. That's the other thing. It's like, have some respect for the person that you're married right? to. They're like, is your nasty, ugly husband in his underwear? And you're like, 
I, I love him though. Like, why are you talking about him that way? Like that should be a red flag that your business is trying to manipulate you into having a negative view of the person that you love in order to like belittle them, to offer them the opportunity for all of their answers and problems to be solved with this indoctrination of Amway. Like it's wild. Yeah, it is it's so narcissistic, like beat them down, give them a little compliment, but also be like, you're ugly, but I love you. Like, it's really <laughs> horrible to like, it's, it's wild. It's just, it's just, ugh. yeah, it's true. And just the, the way that they pit relationships like that against each other, I have seen, especially more recently, I have seen several marriages split up because one spouse wants to be in Amway and one spouse does not. And they just cover it up. It's like it never happened. They delete the person off of everything that they've ever posted. They don't talk about it in any of the meetings. And these, the people I'm thinking of specifically have very large teams. So there's no getting away from the fact that it happened and one spouse is there and one spouse is not. But they just, because of the toxic positivity, they just glaze right over it. And they're like, oh, don't look at this horrible thing happening over here. Look at this shiny thing that we're talking about over here instead. It's just terrible. It's terrible. Yeah, like the narcissistic abuse runs really deep in this company. So what were some other things that you started to notice? For me, it started with, um, how they handled my breakup with boyfriend. So again, I, at this point in my life, I was just moving from one narcissistic relationship to another, (laughs) from my family to the boyfriend to Amway. And, um, we had, we always drove to conferences. There were never any by us. So we would drive overnight again, totally sleep deprived leave Thursday night, get there Friday, um, sleep for a few hours and then go to the Friday night meeting. And we would carpool. I happened to be in boyfriend's car with him and this other couple um, who were a little newer and we had just traded off driving or sitting in the backseat. And usually we'll like text between cars to say, Hey, we're getting off at this exit, whatever. So his phone goes off and I check it and it's from another girl. So I'm like, oh, this is weird. And and say what you want. I am of the belief of if you have nothing to hide, it doesn't matter. So I look and it turns out he had been talking to and partially dating at least five other girls. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm behind my back mm-hmm. were they all amway reps or were they all prospects no they were all prospects oh wow okay <laughs> so it's like tinder swindler meets amway yeah yeah mm-hmm. yep so um and of course he's super good at this facade of being mr businessman so they're all thinking he's some corporate wonderful whatever and they're in for the surprise <laughs> No. Well, yeah. And, and I, I am the type of person where if I know that another woman is being swindled, I tell her. So I, he's sleeping and I am like texting every single person being like, Hey, 
this is boyfriend's girlfriend. Um, we've been dating for many years. I don't know if he told you about me, but this is what's going on. And some were really like receptive to that in positive, which was great. And some just never, <laughs> never responded. So that was the start of me falling out of the business because of the way that it was handled between, oh, wow. between the uplines. So I immediately texted the upline. We were very close with them. Um, they stopped at a rest stop, moved me to a different vehicle in front of everybody without saying anything. And we just continued on our way. Like nothing happened. What? It's like, when, <laughs> like just like two toddlers are fighting in the backseat. So pull over and swap toddlers. Like, yeah. what? Yes. Yes. Like, so I, oh yes. my God. I wish I was making this up, but this happened. Um, so we get to the conference and I have not spoken to boyfriend at all. I have um, a meeting with the upline and they tell me because of how much I was involved in boyfriend's team, doing trainings for his people, his new people, um, helping them with product sales, helping them with um, education, all of that, they felt it necessary to then inform their upline and the diamond upline from them in order to figure out how to handle this situation. Oh, it's getting real now. I know. Also, side question, what made boyfriend think that he could date and recruit all these prospects into a team that you actively are helping him grow? Like, how is he going to explain that if that I, even came to fruition? I honestly don't know. I, I think that he needed the ego boost. I, I really don't know. I really don't I know. I mean, you hear these horror stories on Reddit and I get emails or I see things on Facebook where it was like, I matched with this guy. We were talking. Everything seemed great. We meet for coffee. It's an Amway meeting. So mm -hmm. this guy is somehow just got a really great ROI on these Amway dates. And he's literally got five other women who are like active prospects. Like it's what is what? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Everyone in our upline from my local upline to the diamond upline, which if you're not familiar with Amway, that's like the highest um, goal that they tell you to achieve, um, was informed of what happened. And they had a meeting about it. And, and I am no one at this point. I am nobody. I make no money. I'm just invested in the people. That's what I'm here for. And now everyone knows about how humiliated I am, but, but also just about this breakup happening right before conference. So like on uh, the way to conference, way. not even like before where you could uh -uh. say, you know what, I'm just not going to go. Like yeah. you're in the middle of the convoy on the way there. Yeah. Oh my God. And I was anyway, expected continue. to be there with a smile on my face and still sit in the meetings and still not, not tell anybody that it happened, not react, not keep it all to myself. 
because I don't want to mess up someone else's business by bringing what my circumstance into it. This feels like an episode of the real IBOs of Amway. Like I'm so (laughs) invested right now. Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular, personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet. And they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM. Yeah, it was wild. So we go through the weekend and I find out that we, I had one other conversation from him. He pretty much spent the whole weekend away from the team doing other stuff, um, which on one hand was good, but on the other hand, it made me responsible for the people on his team as well. So I was having to keep track of them and making sure they all got their rooms and making sure that they got the bus to the meeting and this and that. His team, that I'm not benefiting from at all. This guy is um, such a classic narcissist. It's, it's oh, yeah. insane. Oh, yeah. I find out that he had been considering leaving me previous to him cheating. This is from his lips. From his lips, he said. I was thinking about leaving because I am no longer attracted to you. I had brought it up to Upline and they told me that was not a good reason. It was just a phase and I should continue dating you. What the actual (laughs) fuck? It's like, why is Amway so invested? More so than us listening. So invested in your romantic life. I honestly think it's because, I mean, the business, (laughs) the business itself is narcissistic for the same, it's for the same reasons that he continued to date me and still do all this stuff on the side. It's because I was there for a reason. I was helping their team. I was invested. I was giving them what they wanted and they wanted to keep me in as long as possible because they knew that I was invested in this person specifically yeah amway was like looking at all of the information provided she Mm -hmm. is the amway girlfriend we want you to have like she's Mm -hmm. doing all the things and checking all the boxes breaking up with her is going to throw a wrench in this it's going to make it really messy it's going to topple the pyramid that we have going Mm -hmm. that's not a good reason suck it up buttercup wow yeah Yeah. Mm mm-hmm So when it did happen, of course, they're scrambling. 
<laughs> and it they, happens at the event. And it happens at the event. <laughs> <laughs> it's like their worst nightmare come true, basically. <laughs> they were like, I could just imagine like the uplines van is like, see, we know this would happen. This is the worst time this could happen. Like just freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> it's just now it's comical. I have to laugh about it because if I if I don't, then I'll just be upset. But <laughs> yeah, it's it was so ridiculous. It could be a reality show almost. It does feel like that. So yeah, they're scrambling. I spent the conference with the wife of our direct upline. That was really nice of her. And and part of the reason why I am not naming names is they're incredible people. I will say that. Um, they're just such nice people. I think they've just been in too long and they don't see what is going on and they don't see how they are treating other people. And, and it's just, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. That ripple effect in a pyramid scheme, like you don't really see past the third ripple. You don't Mm -hmm. see all of the other people and all of that devastation and all of that lost money. Because it's just not something that you're looking at. It's not in your peripheral vision. And that's where the devastation is taking place. It's just Mm -hmm. these people are so high up that they're either one, just willfully ignorant to it because it works for me. Or two, Mm -hmm. they know that they can't look at it because like morally and ethically, like how do you live with yourself if you really look at it and go, oh yeah, that's definitely what's happening. And I'm definitely profiting off of that. Exactly. And here's the kicker. I know that the wife of this couple has also has a history of narcissistic abuse. And it's just one thing after another, people who are, you know, they have this abuse in their life. It's just a company that capitalizes on it. I'm sad. It's sad to say, but they, they just really do. They know how to manipulate. They know how to get to know people. They literally wrote the book on it. Oh yeah. And, and they'll sell you those books and they'll tell you to read them and they'll show you and teach you how to manipulate other people so that you can do the same thing. And and I did that. And it's under the guise of helping. So, Uh you know, they use this bait and switch and this like Orwellian word swapping where it's like, well, that's not what that means. It means we're helping. We're helping. We're offering an opportunity. Mm -hmm. That opportunity will help those that work hard enough. And so it's like, everything, every red flag or red light that stops you in this line of questioning, they have something that will ease your cognitive dissonance that will make you suspend disbelief just long enough to believe the next lie out of their mouth until like you're saying, these people with, you know, narcissistic abuse in their, in their past, we say it all the time. There's comfort in the chaos. We find narcissistic abuse in all of these organizations, whether it's the guy at the top, that's the CEO convincing you that you're the CEO, or it's the head of your pyramid and your team, your mentor, your whatever, your diamond, your triple princess, upside down crown unicorn, whatever (laughs) they want to call themselves. It's, it doesn't mean anything. They're all just ridiculous, arbitrary titles to make you feel fancy. It's true. And I just, it's just sad to see so many genuinely good people that get wrapped up in it just because it goes so deep. It just does. I still have friends that are part of the business team. I can't bring it up to them at all because that's their world. And I was there once, you know, I read the books 
and tried to change myself. And I was that person that was going out every night after work, just trying to meet somebody at the grocery store to try to bring up my quote unquote mentorship opportunity, just so I could meet somebody to have a phone number to call on Sunday. I worked so hard. I have never worked that hard in my life, but I was out all the time meeting people, getting names and numbers, calling, you know, getting customer sales, this and that. And it was exhausting, just so exhausting. And the reason I did it was because I was tied to the people. No other reason. I was tied to the people. I was doing it for them. I was loyal to them. Back to the breakup. So that happened. And that was kind of my eye opener to how controlling they really are. They were considering, this is so stupid. They were considering not letting either of us sponsor for a year after the breakup because they wanted to see how invested we were in building the business. So if we stuck around, yeah. So if we stuck around for a year after the breakup, then we were truly invested and they would allow us to start sponsoring. Wow. What nice little tests of loyalty, huh? Wow. You're not allowed to spot. Like that's the whole thing. Like you're not even allowed to recruit, which is the whole business model. They're just literally saying, we want you to jump. And you're like, how high should I jump? Yeah, that's all it was. That's all it was. So, um, they did not end up doing that. However, I had to, and, and I will say this again, this was not anything required by Amway. This was all through leadership team development. It's all their culture. It's all how they handle things. Um, not saying no, that. But it's that, like Amway knows. Oh, and they that's know. That's what's so bad is like, if anything comes down on Amway, they're like, it's not us. It's right. not TD. It's Worldwide Dream Builders. It's not us. It's Brit Worldwide. Mm-hmm. They're the ones. We'll have a talk with them. I mean, Amway wrote the rules. They know that they're quote unquote allowed to do it that way because they yeah. literally wrote the rules. It is insane. That when people go, how is this legal? That right there. Mm -hmm. They pass off the abuse to other people to take the fall. If that's not proof of like a Ponzi scheme, racket, pyramid, like scam, like I don't like they're, they've created safety measures to protect themselves in the event that like things go off the rails. Like, how is that not proof of a scam? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what they do. They just use LTD as a front to say, oh, that's their choice and their decision. And that's how they get away with it. Because they say, oh, we're not requiring this. This is just something that someone else decided to do. And I'm thinking, you know, it's happening because they're bringing you all this money. Okay. (laughs) Don't, Don't be out here trying to tell me that you don't know what's going on. So I had to, in order to finalize, (laughs) finalize the breakup and like be separated from his team. Yes, yes, yes. I like my jaw is on the floor for this whole interview, like this whole (laughs) thing. (laughs) Continue. I'm so sorry. My faces are the, the, are the interruption on this. (laughs) No, no. Okay. I had to sign several forms formally separating myself 
from his team and his line of sponsorship. And it had to be signed by all of my upline in order for them to actually take me out of his team. It's like a divorce. It felt like it it. seems like as someone who just went through one, I didn't even have to do that level of asking and paperwork. Like it was easy compared to what you're describing. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like it. And, you know, after that happened, I was still expected to be at meetings that he was at. I was still expected to have a positive attitude. I was still expected to work my business, work harder. I mean, I was a single lady now, so now I have all this free time to work my business harder, you know, hashtag boss, babe, whatever I did. I bought into it. It, Like I said, I was just moving from one narcissistic relationship to another because I was dumping all of my money into it. And I had no life outside of the people on my business team. I missed family vacations because of the guilt of leaving my business team for a few days. Oh my God. Yeah. It's just, it just was, it was very deep. I ended up after we broke up, he eventually stopped going to the meetings because our local team was really tight and without saying anything, everybody knew what happened. (laughs) So he was too embarrassed to uh, come back around for quite a while. I ended up meeting my now husband, who is an incredible human. Shortly after this, I should have known that it was time because as soon as I met him, my upline was so invested in who he was and what he was interested in and what he was like, and if he was going to join the business, and whether or not it was going to affect me, we had to have, yeah, we had to have several meetings, and dinners, and getting to know each other's, and with, with the upline couple, with now husband, had to go to these, yeah, wow, yeah, and he was, he was a great sport, he was like, okay, I'll meet these people, just see what they're about, He went to one meeting, one meeting. Uh, I have a question. So like when you guys met prior to going to this meeting, when you were explaining this to him, I mean, were you like, I sell Amway, I'm part of this thing. You didn't mention any of that. No, I was encouraged not to. Oh my God. (laughs) I was encouraged to be vague about it and to treat him like I would a prospect and just give him like a rough, vague outline of what I do in my spare time. Like, so am like, that's wild because obviously he's now husband. So it worked out, but like Amway was willing to put a potential really great relationship for you on the line. They're like, we need to interview him first to see if he's good enough for you. Quote unquote pro Amway basically. What? Mm -hmm. Okay. So he goes to the meeting. He goes to the meeting and I can tell he is livid throughout the meeting. He's like, he knew immediately. He knew immediately. And he was one of those people that knew immediately this is exactly what it was. And so he's like, his leg is shaking. He's itching to get out of there. He cannot wait to get out of there. And after the meeting, um, that specific meeting, my local uplines upline. So that would be my Ruby upline is what they're called. 
was showing that meeting and he took him aside and said, oh, I'm an engineer, just like you're an engineer. And this is why I know that this business will work for you. And my, my husband was like, I just love him so much. He was, he was like, um, yeah, it takes a very specific person to do this. And I am not that person. <laughs> what a nice way of saying that. I know. I know. And, uh, he, God bless him. He just, walked out of there and we ended up having this huge fight in the parking lot previous to this meeting we had talked about us um getting married and he told me that I was the person for him and um after the meeting we're in the parking lot and he said I'm sorry but if you want to do this with your life I I can't be a part of that I can't be with you And what an opposite reaction to the beginning when the boyfriend was like, the only way I'll be with you is if you're in this cult and now husband being like, look, this is bad news. And I can't be a part of this. Wow. Yes. How, and how different, right? How, how different from being with a narcissist that wants you to have your entire life be about them versus finally meeting somebody who cares about you and your well-being enough to say, I'm not going to support this because it's hurting you and you don't see that. Yeah. I'm team husband for sure. (laughs) I am too. (laughs) So yeah, we just had this huge fight and he told me about a year later that um, and and I didn't know I said this at the time. It was just a Freudian slip for me. But he told me a year later during our fight in the middle of it, I yelled at him, do you think I like doing this? The answer is no. Wow. And I had no idea I had even said that. It just slipped out of my mouth. And he said, the only reason I stayed with you and helped you get out of the situation is because you said that. And I knew that you meant it and you didn't even realize you said it. Yeah. You had this little bit of self-awareness and accountability for like a second. And he was like, there's the seed it's in there. Okay. We can do this. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And he ran with it. He, he uh, was supportive of me going to meetings. Um, He did not attend. He was very, um, upfront about his boundaries. And he said, look, if this is something that you still want to pursue, I am not going to have a part of it, but if you want to do that on your own time, that's your choice. He told me later that he had been listening to several podcasts, um, about spouses whose spouse is a hun or a bro. And they were all saying, leave, leave, leave. They won't get out. They won't ever get out, leave. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to reach out to you because I want to say that there is always hope for that person to realize what's going on. And I think that having a supportive and positive mindset and keeping your boundaries can really change and affect that person who's in the cult. Absolutely. Yeah. And it doesn't always happen that way. Every situation is different, but I really, truly believe that that's what flipped things for me. And I 
was starting to notice how he can be positive and supportive of me and not be involved and how that was affecting my upline telling me oh you shouldn't be with this person he's not interested you're invested in this it just like exposed the manipulation from the business team for me right because from their vantage point he looks like an unsupportive unloving partner because he doesn't want anything to do with the cult but you see the other side of how loving and supportive and wonderful he is in every other aspect, except this one place where he set a boundary that you know about. Yeah. So they're trying to tell you he's this, he's that. And you're like, no, it's just in this tiny little pie slice. Everything yep. else is great. Yep. Yep. Wow. Exactly. Exactly. So we ended up obviously getting married. We're very happily married. Um, and the day, <laughs> the day of my wedding was the day I said, okay, I'm probably not doing this anymore because my upline couple who I had become really close to, they had been through the worst with me. And finally, here I am getting my life together and finding someone wonderful. Um, they showed up at the wedding late. They were on their phones the entire time, probably working their business or whatever. And they left early. They were not there for me. Disrespectful. I know. And, and and like, like why even show up if that's what you're going to do? Yeah. Just to be passive aggressive and disgusting on someone's wedding day, because you're not happy with their choice because he doesn't support your cult. Yeah. And then they'll go on to defend how it's not a cult and it's a family and it's an amazing business opportunity, but we've got podcasts for days on how it's not. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And they, they have been in business. I think now, I think they're almost 15 years they have been. And so it's just, it's so ingrained, but it just felt so hurtful and so disrespectful. Once we got married, we made the decision to combine all of our bank accounts, just because that's what was easiest for us. That also they did not like because at first they were on board because they were like oh you have this new lifestyle because your husband is an engineer and he makes this money and think about all the things you'll be able to afford now products that you can afford and this and that what they didn't realize is when we combined our bank accounts we made an agreement with each other that i would not spend our money primarily on this I had already agreed to that because I felt I didn't feel like it was right. Now that I was in a partnership with somebody, it was not fair for me to spend our money on all of this stuff. It just, it just wasn't right. At first they were all on board. And then after they realized that, no, it just meant that I was tied to him instead of being tied to them. They basically excommunicated me and Nobody really wanted to chat with me at meetings. I was not asked to do any of the presentations anymore. I was not asked to lead anything anymore. Um, So I just gradually stopped attending. Once I stopped attending, it was like I didn't even exist. And this happened spring of 2020, right before the pandemic. And then once the pandemic happened... I was out of there because they were having virtual conferences and still charging the same amount of money. (laughs) 
and we were your insanity. Told, yeah, and it's not a money grab. No, no, not at all. Because the, you're, we were always told your conference ticket pays for the venue. Well, what venue are we paying for? Your living room? I mean, <laughs> I'm like, don't they own the hotel and and the conference? Like, don't they own all of that? Yeah, the, well, they do in Michigan, but of course, none of our conferences were ever in Michigan. Oh, right, of course, because everybody has to spend money to get somewhere to add to that sunk cost fallacy to keep you in longer. Yeah, exactly. It's it's all devised. Like, it's insane how obvious this is once you see it, huh? Yeah, it really is. It really is. So I stopped attending meetings. I still had my business account I for a, a long time because deep down I was just so emotionally invested in them as people and I I just went through this grieving process of losing what I felt like was my family and to the point where I was having dreams about them it was just so emotionally upsetting and one day I just said okay I I need to heal from this I need to move on from this and I don't remember if I found your podcast on TikTok or if I found your podcast and then your TikTok, but but one of those things happened and I started listening to Life After MLM and you had an episode early on of someone who was an Amway who was also part of LTB and everything lined up. Every single point lined up and that for me was the point where I was able to let go of the guilt of leaving these people because I felt horribly guilty for letting them down, um, which is part of my personality, but <laughs> also part of the indoctrination. And then to the shame of everything that I did, because here are these people in so many other MLMs that have done the same thing as me. They did exactly all the same manipulation tactics as me to get where they wanted to go. And they were still a victim of the system. They were still a victim of whatever company they were a part of. I just, it was just so freeing for me to be able to just let go of that. It was hard up until that point. It's like my my husband told me that he married a different person than who I am now because the person that he met is not, not the same person because of the MLM. Yeah. I'm so happy that you got out and that you're happy and that you have such an amazing husband. Who's a a wonderful support to you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So great. He's, he's just an incredible human and he, he stuck it out. Well, he obviously saw something in you that he was like, no, this is the one. I just got to get her out of this cult and then we're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, um, like I said, he told me later that he was just really sure that I was never going to leave. And, and and that has to be heartbreaking. I mean, like I said, I've seen a lot of couples divorced over this and, you know, maybe those people weren't meant to be together and that's okay. That is really okay. but. An MLM should not be the reason ever, 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 ever should never be the reason. And they prey on that. And we really praise on that. They frequently once a year, LTD would put on a ladies leadership conference just for the women. And there would be talks about marriage all the time about how you should act in your marriage, how you should 
prioritize your business in your marriage, how you should um, satisfy your husband, which I thought, why are we talking about this at a business meeting? That seems very culty. Yes, very culty, very culty. And, and like I said, just trying to force your spouse to be invested in something they didn't want to be invested in. Playing audios on full blast in your house while the other person was around was highly recommended all the time. Just have it on. If they're listening to it, then they'll understand what we're about and why we're doing this and and they'll get it and want to do it. And it's like, how did I not? It's brainwashing. Absolutely. (laughs) And I remember hearing very similar things too from LuLaRoe about my my ex-husband. It was like, well, you know, just get him on a call. We're going to have a husband's call. We made a husband's group. You should add him to it. He was in a LuLaRoe husband's group. You know, I mean, it's part of it. It's, it's really, really horrible. And luckily he saw it. I saw it. And we are, like you said, we are not divorced because of the MLM. Totally different things. We're just, it, I agree. Okay. It should never be the MLM. That is the reason like, well, I'm going to stay and you can just go because my life is about this. And if your life can't be about this, then your life can't be about me either. Like that's really dangerous. Yeah. Um, Wow. Yeah. And it's very interesting, but that's how you sort of like got into this. Like, this is who I am. And if you want to be with me, you'll be this way too. Mm -hmm. I, I just think it's a really, really powerful journey that you went through and got to see both sides of that coin and like got out. I'm just so proud of you. Well, thanks, Roberta. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, it it was definitely a journey. I feel like I'm still, um, there's still things that happen that I don't realize why I'm upset about something. And it's because of MLM culture. I mean, there was several months at the beginning of our marriage where we would have arguments over the fact that I didn't want him saying negative things. And Ooh, yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, that's a huge one. And and he was like, I'm going to say how I feel. I'm going to say, and he has every right. He is his own person. It is not my job to police that at all. Absolutely. At all. And toxic positivity is a real thing. And I try to explain that to people because I've got friends that are like, look, I'm just trying to be really positive this month. And I'm like, well, if we're all positive, like, then are we positive? Because if everything is good, is there good? Like you can't yeah. have the valley without the peak, right? right? Like you can't have the sweet without the sour. So if you eliminate yeah. one side of the coin and everything's only ever positive, like that's wild to me. Like I, I want a partner where I can come home and be like, I need to vent about some stuff. It's going to be real negative. Get some popcorn. You know what I mean? And like, <laughs> get it out and laugh. And yeah. And not be like, no, 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 no. That's negative. Mm-hmm. That's negative. Ignoring the negative is inherently negative. <laughs> yes. And it, it's just going to pop up in other ways. It's going to come out eventually. It's going it, to, it's going to explode in other areas, whether you are letting it or not. And I just, one of the things that I've been working on with my journey is feeling those feelings physically and mentally feeling those feelings because I was well I was introduced to Amway in 2012 but I started in 2015 I finally ended my contract 
I think when I emailed you was the day that I ended my contract. So this year I ended my contract. That's a long time <laughs> to get it's a very the, long time to get those things out of your head. And I just, I am trying so hard to feel how I feel about things instead of telling myself, Oh, this is just a phase. This is just passing. There are more important things. There's more important things to focus on. It's just not true. You have to feel how you feel about things. It's okay. Yeah. I would definitely say when you're in your feelings, you shouldn't be using things like there are more important things to focus on. I should just ignore this. If you're talking about like the dirty laundry or the mm-hmm. dishes in the sink. Yeah, th- those are definitely things ca- that can weigh. Those are things that are not important. And right. you can probably prioritize them in other places. But being in your feelings is mm-hmm. really important. And we talk so much about mental health. And we've talked about that on this podcast a lot. And even people that are processing feelings, like I left MLM 20 years ago, and I didn't even know it was this whole thing. And no wonder I felt this way for so long. And processing those feelings, that's not negative. Right. You got to get it out. Like, because those feelings, and there is so much negativity associated with those feelings. Like you're saying, if you don't get it out, it festers and it will show up somewhere else. And you'll be blowing up about the the moldy, whatever, and the something or other. And it's like, Mm -hmm. this is definitely not about this. Like what is going on here? And so, yeah, you know, I, I always will recommend Megan Williams book, cutting ties, healing after MLM. I think that's a fantastic workbook to go through and people are dealing with these really big feelings that come out of MLM. And I mean, I'm still working through that book. I'm still working through feelings. Sometimes things come up and I'm like, why do I feel this way? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is a trauma response from this. And then if I go deeper, I usually sort of starts in childhood, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And it festers, it festers, it festers, and they're things that we never talk about. And so I hope that people listen to this episode and they stay in those feelings a little bit longer and process through them. And journaling is great. Group therapy is great. There's all kinds of great MLM groups to join where people feel the exact same way, Uh, especially if you have a spouse that's like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Like there's so (laughs) many great groups where we will talk about it all the time. Like that's all we do. Uh, And so it's, it's so wonderful that you're processing through those again, so proud that you finally canceled that contract. I know you were inactive for many years, but to cancel, to hit that button and be like, I'm done. Like that's (laughs) so important and so good. That feeling that you got, how did that feel when you, when you finally hit that cancel button? Um, it was surreal. It was, it really was surreal because I felt like I had done such a hard thing and yet life was going on normally around me. <laughs> it was just another normal day for everyone else. But for me, I wanted to have a party because it was like, okay, I'm, I'm officially no longer purchasing these products. I'm officially no longer supporting them in any way. I'm not affiliated in any way. I am able to say what I want to say regardless. If there's no There's no contract keeping me from speaking my mind anymore at all. Yeah. It just felt, it felt so incredible. And from someone who it took a very long time to finally do that, I'll say, it doesn't matter when you decide, just do it when you decide it. It's okay. You don't have to feel bad about, you know, having products still in your house. You don't have to feel bad about keeping it going for as long as you 
have, it, it doesn't matter. It matters that you've made the decision for yourself and you're taking care of yourself and you're making your mental health a priority. That's what matters. Absolutely. Not any of the rest of it. Yeah. I love that. Absolutely. Are you ready to answer some questions? I am ready. I think I'm ready. I tried to prepare beforehand, but um, it just makes me nervous. Sometimes the best answers happen in the moment. Uh, So Tina, what is one word that encompasses how you feel about MLM? I'm going to go with exhausting. I mean, truly (laughs) mentally, physically, emotionally exhausting. It's just so incredibly draining. What is a warning or a piece of advice that you would give to somebody who's on the fence about joining a multi-level marketing company? Definitely do your research, but from somebody who was told that and did not do it <laughs> myself, um, I would say that the people who truly have your best interests at heart will not spend all of their time convincing you to do something. Yeah, that's really, wow. Yeah. That's an excellent point, right? The people that love you will support you. And the people that don't support you will try to convince you of something else. Mm-hmm. I think back to my time in MLM and I'm like, oh, uh-huh, yeah, mm-hmm, yep. <laughs> that <laughs> happened there too. Uh, what is the worst MLM in your opinion? I couldn't, so I couldn't decide for this one because I've been listening to, um, your episode with Amber and I, but then I also went over to um, Hunts to Humans uh, by Danielle and listened to hers also. <laughs> and Beachbody is like, I did not realize what was happening there. Right? <laughs> it, was, it was, it's rough. I mean, as far as the mental health aspect of all of that, it is rough. Yeah. And like, you literally can control, if you get high up enough, you can control your entire pyramid. You can have control of up to 52 accounts underneath you when you hit a certain rank. I'm like, that's an entire organization that you are benefiting from. It's wild. It is. It really is wild. So I'm going to say either Beachbody or Amway simply for the mental manipulation. They're, they're just, oh gosh. Yeah. (laughs) what is the hardest lesson that you learned in your time in MLM? I would say, and and this is something that I still feel like I'm learning, but I do not have to kill myself to be successful. That has been a really um, rough one for me because I, being in the culinary industry, I was always taught to work hard. And yes, if there's something that you want to achieve, you're going to have to work hard to get it. I, I agree with that. However, um, the way that Emily took that and ran with it and just pushed it so that I was always tired, always working, always sacrificing, selling my possessions to pay for stuff, you know, just totally giving myself up in that way um, to achieve some kind of success because I was not successful. Um, I don't have to do that. Success looks different for every person. And my current success rate is if I'm being a good partner, if I'm being a good friend, if I am being helpful, 
that's my success. That's what I attribute to being successful. If I'm being a good human to other people, that's okay with me. And that's enough success for me. I do not have to be some corporate boss, babe, hun, and Amway winning at everything. Hashtag my latte is sponsored by Amway person. (laughs) I just don't have to. No, absolutely not. I love that. I love that. And the positive takeaway that you have from MLM. I would say the personal development. I did read a lot of personal development books. Um, I'm an avid reader. That has given me a lot of tools actually to heal from MLM, um, even though they weren't intended for that. But just knowing how to interact with people, learning about people's different personality types, not manipulating them, but, but just interacting with people on their own level, meeting them where they're at and having the confidence to talk to other people. Yeah. Uh, Great, great answers. Always every single time. I'm just like, yes, those are amazing answers. I love all of the guests on the show. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story. I was enthralled. I was just like, I can't even believe this. This is insane. (laughs) Amway is so obsessed with people's relationships. It's not even funny. Thank you so much for coming on the show, for sharing your story and for, I mean, for, for such a heavy episode about talking about like abusive relationships and like narcissistic manipulation, like my face hurts from laughing. And like we say, (laughs) right. If we don't laugh, we cry. It's true. So thank you for, thank you for bringing the laughs today, Tina. I really appreciated it. Thanks for having me, Roberta. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And follow us on social media at Life After MLM Podcast and my advocacy at The Real Roberta Blevins. You can find all of the links to the social accounts in our show notes. And if you just listened to that incredible story and you thought, oh my God, I have a story just like that that needs to be told, hit me up, therealrobertablevins at gmail.com. I would love to have you on the show to share your story and start your journey in life after MLM. See you next time, Hans. Bye.